You may get a kick out of Normal's Route 66 sign. It's intended to really be a destination, be a photo op, be something that fits in with the Route 66 theme and feel. City Manager Pam Reese discusses the big attraction coming up on WGLT's Sound IDs. Good afternoon, I'm Eric Stockin for John Norton. On today's show, the YWCA of McLean County launches a campaign to expand its rape crisis center to better accommodate clients. We just have all these spaces that were not built with survivors in mind. And today's Black History Essay Contest winner in Bloomington honors America's first black woman to become a millionaire. Next time you go to Walmart and see Madam Hair Products, remember to thank the woman who changed life for all of us. All that after a Bloomington Normal News update. This is WGLT Sound Ideas on 89.1 FM and WGLT.org, part of the NPR network. Support for WGLT comes from Bloomington Normal Audiology. Hear My Story continues with local patient Bill McKay. We have a beautiful pipe organ. With hearing aids, all of a sudden this pipe organ comes alive. It's like, it's a beautiful, rich sound that I don't know that, that I could have appreciated prior to having hearing aids. Bill's full story can be found at bnaudiology.com. the campus of Illinois State University in Normal. This is WGLT's news magazine, Sound Ideas. I'm Eric Stock, in for John Norton. The city manager for the town of Normal says goodbye to longtime council member, warns of summer construction traffic disruptions, and talks about an unusual trend in construction permits in this month's WGLT interview with Charlie Schlenker. Parker Lawless died recently at the age of 88. Visitation will be Saturday at Carmody Flynn Funeral Home. Lawless's career was with Illinois State University, but he served on the Normal Town Council for 25 years in two stretches, from 1976 to 1995, and again from 2003 to 2009. City Manager Pam Reese says during Lawless's time, significant things happened in the town. Ironwood Golf Course was developed and uh, so that certainly is uh, impactful on the community. Um, shops at College Hills or the College Hills Mall at the time was developed so a lot of uh, a lot of growth and economic development, a lot of residential development during his tenure. Um, so it was a period of significant growth with the town when he served on council. What was he like to work with? It, certainly he, he some could think he was gruff and maybe had uh, strong opinions and you know, at times maybe an unwillingness to compromise, but that's not always necessarily bad. Uh, my experience was more on on the personal side. I got to see the very thoughtful side of, of Parker. My husband and I were, were just about to be married, and my, my dad passed away two days before our wedding, which was a very difficult time, and Parker Lawless actually attended my dad's funeral up in northern Michigan along with city manager Dave Anderson and at the time assistant city manager Mark Peterson. So I, I do remember how um, how meaningful that was that he came all the way to Traverse City, Michigan with my bosses at the time and, and to express condolence and, and that was very meaningful. And so he had, a, I think, a, a big heart. Parker Lawless's Celebration of Life is uh, coming up this weekend. Construction permits for the town of Normal are up over last year, particularly in the commercial area, nearly double what they were, mostly remodeling. Uh, what is going on there? We don't really see this as an un necessarily unusual year. There seems to be a, a number of remodeling projects 
in the commercial sector that um, that might be driving these numbers and none of them are big surprises we've got a number of grocery stores that are doing some remodeling we've got some uptown businesses pizza paya is coming to the former firehouse a pizza location firehouse pizza is relocating in uptown uh, hacienda leon is uh, remodeling the first floor of one uptown circle so there there are a number of um, smaller projects that are happening that combined all add up I think it's just kind of a cyclical thing. Grocery stores regularly need to update and remodel, and that a number of stores are doing that this year. On the residential side, do you see an impact from higher interest rates? The theory would be that people are more likely to do a remodel than they are to sell, upgrade, and get into a mortgage with a higher interest rate than they used to be comfortable with. We did see that. We certainly saw uh, a number of remodeling permits happen on the residential side during COVID. That was a very high year for remodeling permits. Post-COVID, what has slowed down and has been driven by um, higher interest rates is new construction. Um, We have issued some new construction residential permits, but not that many yet this year. Um, in terms of the residential side where we're seeing construction, there's been a number of permits issued for solar installation. And we think that is driven primarily by the federal tax break. This is Sound Ideas. I'm Charlie Schlenker. We're talking with the city manager of Normal, Pam Reese. The town council just approved a big, 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 big sign, uh, a Route 66 sign uh, near One Normal Plaza. What is that supposed to do? It is a big sign. It's about 375 square feet, actually, um, eight feet high in letters. The Route 66 emblem shield will be about 10 feet high. It will be a, a fantastic and I'm certain very popular location for photographs. What is it intended to do? It's intended to really be a destination, be a photo op, be something that fits in with a Route 66 theme and feel. And this is part of a bigger McLean County-wide initiative. The Convention and Visitors Bureau was successful in securing a grant that has allowed a number of municipalities throughout McLean County to have a photo destination. The signs are all going to be a little bit different, different size, different look. The village of McLean, Lexington, the community of Lexington, uh, Shinoa, Bloomington and Normal are all having a, a different kind of Route 66 photo stop. And I think it will be highly popular. It's right along Route, uh, excuse me, Pine Street, which is Route 66. We have parking off street where people can pull in, take photos, enjoy a little fresh air, and just enjoy what Route 66 has to offer. A lot of the Route 66 style, if you will, goes into you know the 20s through 50s cultural moments. So there are big plastic or fiber figures sometimes. Is the town going to get into that kind of thing? I don't necessarily see that on the the immediate horizon, but I think what we want to do is best position ourselves to take advantage of the upcoming Route 66 Centennial, which is in 2026. Uh, We know by 2026, there's going to be a lot of travelers along Route 66. And frankly, there's a lot of international travelers Some communities are known for the murals and the art, like Pontiac has a lot to offer. There are some communities in uh, further downstate that have those big iconic pieces of sculpture. 
For now, we're going to have the sign installed. It will be installed by the end of June. That's our goal. And from there, just take, take advantage of other opportunities to work as a community to set Route 66 off. Let me inject one moment of doubt here. Um, does the sign, it's big, fit the town sign code? The action that council took Monday night uh, authorized a variance. That particular location of One Normal Plaza, because it is a planned unit development, when we amended the planned unit development about two years ago, we had different areas of One Normal Plaza that allowed different types of size uh, signs and sign sizes. In this particular location along Route 66, the 375 square feet didn't comply with code, but it was authorized by Council's Action Monday night. Work should begin next month on the resurfacing part of East College Avenue. The Council unanimously approved uh, the nearly $1.8 million contract with row construction, and they're going to focus on college from Blair Drive to Young Drive, that's going to present some challenges because College Avenue is really busy right there. Well, how are you going to handle that? It takes a, a significant amount of coordination with the contractor. East College Avenue is currently experiencing some sidewalk repair and replacement. Once that work is done, and that's under a separate contract with a separate contractor, when they're complete with their work, then we, in June, this new contract for resurfacing will kick in and the contractor will get going with curb repair, gutter repair, and then street pavement resurfacing. It's gonna be a long project and there will be inconveniences during the summer. The end result we, we believe will be worth it. It's about a five month project. So it will start in June and conclude in October, but not all lanes will be shut down at the same time. So we will do our best to allow traffic to continue through that very busy area but there might be times when people will want to find an alternative route. That's well known as a speed enforcement area, but if you go down to one lane, is that going to remain a problem or will the need to protect workers and keep motorists on their toes for safety reasons suggest a continued high enforcement area? I'm gonna leave that up to the experts and, and Chief Petrilli. My experience even the last two weeks with the sidewalk repair and replacement is that East College Avenue has been down to one lane. I think most drivers are very cautious and aware of that. Hopefully that continues. Um, but I can tell you that you know safety of workers and safety of pedestrians and bicyclists and travelers is the top priority. So if it requires enforcement to make sure people are safe through that construction area, I'm certain the normal PD will be on it, um, but I would encourage everyone to just be cautious at, because East College Avenue is not gonna be the only street under construction. There's a number of uh, water main projects, sewer projects, road projects all over the community, which certainly requires drivers to be cautious. That's Normal City Manager Pam Reese. She spoke with Charlie Schlenker. YWCA of McLean County has launched an expansion campaign for its Rape Crisis Center. Stepping Stones is the county's only rape crisis center. YWCA leaders announced a campaign aimed to raise funds for capital improvements at the site. 
The expansion is expected to cost nearly $1 million. YW Development and Public Relations Director Alicia Whitworth tells WGLT's Lindsay Jones the physical expansion is long overdue. And the entire time I've been at YW, this expansion is a critical need that has been discussed. We have been really working through the hows and what and where and um, really just how to make this work, given the space we have, given the increased clients we are seeing every year. Um, and now's the time. So this has been something that's been long known about. This isn't just like a need that popped out of nowhere, is what you're saying? Absolutely. This is a need that has been growing every year, I would say, since the program really came to YWCA. Um, If you're not familiar with the program's history, it's been a YWCA program for about 20 years now. In the early 2000s, um, there was no one nonprofit that could take both domestic and sexual violence programs. So our friends at MCCA have Neville House and we have Stepping Stones. So we are McLean County's Rape Crisis Center. Um, We are accredited through ICASA, which is the Illinois Coalition Against Sexual Assault. And when we look back at the history of this program in McLean County throughout the years. It started as kind of a grassroots organization of people really working to fulfill this need. Um, There was about a 10-year period in the 90s, early 2000s, where there was no sexual assault program at all in McLean County. Mm -hmm. And throughout these years, we've seen the need just continue to grow exponentially. And with this expansion, we expect to be able to serve about 35 to 40 percent more survivors and their loved ones. So I think I read somewhere the site that you've been working with has been functional, but there have been some needed, um, I guess, what do we call them? Improvements? We can call them improvements. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) And this, this campaign is like aimed at addressing that, correct? The program space that Stepping Stones currently occupies, um, you know, we had a pool. We had fitness programs. That is what YWCA did for many, many years. Um, but we are for our community, by our community. So along with that kind of swim and gym piece, um, you know, we've been in McLean County since 1908. Um, as an ISU RSO for even longer than that, 150 years this year um, is that anniversary. We had PE classes for girls when girls weren't allowed to take physical education in schools. Um, We had people hosting sit-ins during the civil rights movement. We have really shifted as our community has shifted and grown. Um, And when we closed our pool space um, 10 years ago, Stepping Stones moved into that space. So right now we have counseling rooms in former lifeguard offices with windows overlooking what used to be a pool and is now a very empty space. We have counseling rooms in what used to be vending spaces where, you know, the little window would come up and down for concessions. And that's now, you know, permanently closed and turned into a bookcase because we are resourceful. Um, We just have all these spaces that were not built with survivors in mind. We're not built to house even staff. Our staffing area for Stepping Stones um, is a former group fitness space. These, These folks have giant mirrors on the walls and carpet squares over creaky old wooden floors. It's not my workspace every day. Um, but every tour we've given in this space, we go to say something like, you know, it's not soundproof. We've got little ones above because we also manage a childcare program. And on cue, every time those sweet little nuggets, they just bang those blocks and flush the toilets. And, you know, that's where we take our hotline calls. And so when we look at what is needed, we need a centrally located space within our current facility. Um, we need private bathrooms. We need soundproof counseling rooms. We need a space for staff to gather in a confidential way. We need a confidential soundproof area for the hotline. Um, we have truly done the best we can for as long as we can. But then You know, we also have a counseling room right next to the gym and individuals seeking counseling for sexual violence, sexual assault. um, What is activating to one person might not be to another, but balls bouncing, kids, you know, joyfully 
playing, mm-hmm. um, but it doesn't feel necessarily joyful to someone who is trying to work through EMDR. Mm-hmm. What is EMDR for those who might not know? Absolutely. EMDR is eye movement desensitization and reprocessing. Uh, don't make me say that 10 times fast, but it is a very <laughs> highly sought after um, type of therapy that allows survivors to really, it, it's a treatment for PTSD. It allows them to really break through. Um, and that is something that takes the utmost focus. And if your concentration is broken, which playing kids in a gym you know, can do. So this has been known about for some time. You've been working with it. What provided the opportunity now to launch this campaign and publicize this? We have been talking about ways to make this work, um, what type of approach we would like to take. And then COVID happened, Mm -hmm. um, which, you know, really just put a wrench in, as we all know, everything. Mm -hmm. Um, It did give us some some pieces that were beneficial, though, specifically through Stepping Stones. Um, We were not allowed to do telecounseling prior to the shutdown. So that is something that will allow us to have flexibility as we renovate this existing space. Um, and that is something I want to make sure anyone listening or reading does know. We are making use of space that exists. We are taking old locker room spaces, all of these pieces, being as fiscally responsible as we possibly can um, in order to make this space. But um, there was a recent infrastructure grant uh, through the state of Illinois, first of its kind. And we were one of, I believe it was 70 nonprofits selected. Um, and Stepping Stones did receive a substantial um, um, a substantial amount from the state of Illinois, two hundred thousand um, dollars. So we are, you know, we'd already planned to move forward with that, um, but we have been in the kind of quiet phase of talking to local businesses, longtime donors of YWCA, um, and we're now at the point where you know our community makes what we do possible, and so we are we're looping everyone in. How can community members help the YW and Stepping Stones continue this work and maybe even help the expansion campaign? And in terms of the expansion, I would love for our community members, our business owners to envision themselves in this situation and really respond, um, you know, from a financial place with the assistance that they would hope their loved one would be provided, um, with the assistance that they would hope they themselves would be provided as a survivor. I think that it's very easy to say, not me, not my loved ones, never, ever, um, but again, one in six. And so how do we respond and really um, kind of shifting our view in our community from acute sympathy, um, oh no, immediate need, let's help, um, to this chronic empathy. That was Alicia Whitworth of the YWCA speaking with WGLT's Lindsay Jones about plans to expand the Stepping Stones Rape Crisis Center. What's brewing on Sound Ideas tomorrow? Bloomington Normal has a rich and flavorful history when it comes to beer. In fact, it goes back to the Civil War era. More to come on Friday's show. Bloomington primary and secondary school students have taken inspiration from a variety of black leaders in the nation's history. They range from well-known civil rights leaders to entertainers with important voices to black entrepreneurs who built business empires. WGLT is airing the voices of the students who have won awards in the City of Bloomington Black History Essay Contest. Today, we'll hear from 13-year-old Amariana Reed. Reed is a student at Evans Junior High and is the third-place winner of the junior high school category in this contest. Madam C.J. Walker once said, I got my start by giving myself a start. She was born in 1867 and made the first black American girl hair products for black girls such as herself. 
Madam C.J. Walker challenged the status quo by becoming a female business owner, and she inspires me because she made beauty products for people who had none. Madam C.J. Walker challenged the status quo by changing the entire beauty industry. According to the History Channel, Madam C.J. Walker was the first black millionaire in America. History.com added, when she came along, there were no black American hair products. She had hair loss that made her hair come out, so she made some products for her hair. She started to sell products from her house, and after that, she started to sell her hair products in stores. She got very popular and wealthy. Now in the world, we have more beauty products, and we can also go to the store to get hair products for black girls. Madam C.J. Walker inspired me because she made her fortune after starting with $1.25. And it was the first hair product for black people that they can use for their hair. Also, she donated thousands of dollars to charities and scholarships. The History Channel website stated she donated kindly to educational causes in black communities. Founded scholarships for women at Cherokee Institutes and donated to the NAACP, the Black YMCA, and dozens of other organizations that helped Black history. Madam C.J. Walker's business grew so much that she sold more than half a billion dollars worth of products by the end of her life. She also had a mention and was worth more than one million dollars by the end of her death. I am really inspired by her because she did not only make hair products, she did her own hair. And I really love to do my hair like braids and stuff. And I really want to be a hairstylist. I want to be a hairstylist at a young age. Madam CJ Walker still means a lot to our community. There is a beauty salon named after her and hair stuff that is called Madam. She even has a play after her in a movie named Self Made. People have named scholarships after her. She have a museum dedicated to her. So next time you go to Walmart and see Madam Hair Products, remember to thank the woman who changed life for all of us. That's a Moriana Reed, one of the winners of the City of Bloomington Black History Essay Contest. The audio of Reed's essay was produced by WGLT's Charlie Schlenker. Thanks for choosing WGLT's Sound Ideas, made possible in part by Bloomington Normal Audiology. You can find all our Sound Ideas interviews and stories at WGLT.org, and you can subscribe to the Sound Ideas show on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or the NPR app. We want to know what you think of Sound Ideas. Comment on our Facebook page or WGLT-FM. At WGLT News is our handle on Instagram. I'm Eric Stock. The show was produced by Samantha Hill. This is 891 WGLT and WGLT.org.